Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, it's the Jack Links Beef Jerky 365 Days of Sport Radio Show coming live to you from Melbourne, live from lockdown. Now, straight off the bat. Yes. The Greyhound Speed Star Trials oh God. have been moved to the Meadows, oh, but they can't set a date yet. It was going to be this weekend. This is uh, groundbreaking Greyhound news for all you Greyhound fanciers out there. It's the greatest format of Greyhound racing available. It, this, it's, it's a one-on-one, yeah. one-on-one uh, match play, mm. and they just off they go. And so, see, what happens is all the chasers finally win. Right. Because there's nothing to impede there's their no phenomenal bursting runs in the second out, half. Straight out sprinting. Mm. Um, so uh, th- I thought I'd just breaking news for everyone. It's just fresh the, off the Facebook uh, Greyhound the, Victoria. Uh, the track at Sandown is an issue at the moment. It's getting re. has it isn't, has remedial work to be done. Yeah, because I noticed um, they ran three or four heats the other night and then called the rest of the meeting off. Okay. Cost the industry $1 million, I read somewhere. Gosh. Yeah, through. Lost betting revenue. It just needed an up, needed a bit of. A su- I think it wasn't draining properly. Right. So as soon as you had a bit. Of yeah, rain. I had I had seen a few wet tracks, and there was one night where the times were all really slow, and and because al- it was almost half a second out. Okay, because it wasn't draining properly, it's very heavy. Yeah, under, under poor Rob, very heavy yeah. under poor. So the poor old dog is just having to work that bit harder. Anyway, we opened the show. Ronnie O'Sullivan opened the show. Rob, mm. the new twenty twenty. Champion of the world! Did he? So he came back in that that game, that match where he was down six to two. Six to two, yeah, he won. Beat Mark Williams, then he yeah. beat um, uh, who's the guy? Judge not Judge Trump, the other bloke, um, Donald Trump. Donald, yeah, he beat Donald Trump in the yeah. semis. Mm. Yeah, um, and then he beat he romped the final. Okay, eighteen eight or something. So all of a sudden, his rant about how useless everyone is seems so pretty warranted. I've was he, was he laughing afterwards after he won? Actually, after he won, he was pretty straight laced. Actually, I've gra- I've done some stuff here uh, because <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Actually, uh, do you know what? I'm just going to play it, mm-hmm. and then we can make comment after that because sure. this is. Uh, snooker news as we love to do mm-hmm. Ronnie well many congratulations that had a little bit of everything especially towards the end ah oh, listen it just boils down to I just haven't got a cue action at the end of the day you know what I mean if I had a cue action I could, I could play you know but when you just I mean it's just embarrassing to be honest with you I mean any, if the white was more than three foot away from the next ball I was like it ain't going in mate you know what I mean so I don't know listen it's like, it's like trying to go and win the the, the uh, the US Open with like a free iron in your bag. Do you know what I mean? It just makes life just so much more difficult. But listen, I found a way. I managed to kind of, cre- you know, um, create amongst the balls and be able to make a few. But uh, I mean, it was just, it was either really good or just really bad. Do you know what I mean? And, and to win this tournament, you don't need to be good. You just need to be steady. I mean, I said before I come to this tournament, I said if I played anyone like Ali Carter and above and they played well, they would take me, you know what I mean? Because I've just got no consistency and I haven't had, had that for like six, seven years, hence why I haven't really done well here. Listen, I mean, I'm not going to try and kid people, you know. If I could go and buy Neil Robertson's correction, 
I'd have it off him tomorrow. You know, I paid paid good money for that cue action. You know. Well, back in the semis for the first time in six I years. Love, I love a, I love a, I love a semi. <laughs> but come on, single table setup. That's what it's all about. Yeah, no, listen, at the end of the day, I, 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 I play snooker anyway, you know what I mean? I, I just want a cue action. If someone can come out there and give me a cue action, then um, I'm over the moon, mate, you know what I mean? I don't care about semis, finals, winning tournaments. Just give me a cue action that I can go out there and uh, try and put a few balls with and I'll be happy. OK, cue action or not, it will be a great match from a neutral's point of view. You and Mark Selby, you've won eight world titles between yeah. you and you've had some epic finals along the years. And, I, and I'd say, if you know, for anyone out there, I'd go and lump on Selby because you know, I mean, if I beat him, I've done very, I don't expect to beat him because like, he is the ultimate test and I can't see anyone that's left in the tournament able to, to beat him over that distance either. You know, um, and, and, and that just, that's just my personal opinion. Do you know what I mean? That's not me trying to take the pressure off because I'd be out there trying my hardest. I don't need to take the pressure off myself. You know, I've nothing to prove and all that. But, you know, just as, a, as an insider, you know, a bit of inside information. For me, I just can't see how anyone can, can beat him, you know? Well, you've got to be in it to win it, and you still are. Well done tonight, Ronnie. See you tomorrow. Yes, yeah. It's just all... That was, I got lucky, really, I suppose. Well, some luck, but, I mean, you played so well in those last few frames. How satisfying to beat the man who denied you the sixth title in 2014. To be honest with you, I'm just more interested in the cue action, you know, I'm looking at the cue action, I'm thinking, you, you, if you can get a cue action and you've got half a chance, you know, like whoever you play, you know, um, and even if I did have a good cue action, then, you know, it'd still be a tough match against Mark because, you know, you just drive him to play better. I think I kind of just dragged him down, really, to be honest with you, to my level. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think like all players would be the same, like all golfers and snooker players are the same we, we just want to find the perfect swing the perfect action and if you've got that then you know you just enjoy playing but when you ain't got a good action mate it's it's proper tough graft but how much are you now relishing being back in the world championship final it's the ultimate match no like i said it all goes back to the cue action if you can find that little slot where you're you're cueing the ball nicely and you're going through the middle you know that's snooker you know all this sort of world championships and all that to me, it's, it's, it's you know you ask any snooker player, any any golfer, they'll say the same. You know, it's all about the action. If you've got a decent action, then you, you'd enjoy playing in the basement somewhere on your own. You know, it's just it's just a beautiful game played beautifully. But when it's not being played beautifully, it's 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 a nightmare. But snooker's about great stories as well, and this is your chance I to join Reardon and Davis. I believe Davis. it's about the cue actions. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm not buying into these stories and world titles, and it's all about. I'm into cue actions. You know, I bought the Joe Davis book and I started reading it. And, and if you want to go and read it yourself, he'll tell you it's all about the cue action. And he's the father of snooker. As far as I'm concerned, he talks the same language as me. And I just I need to get a cue action from somewhere. I, mean, I might go on Amazon later and see if, he, see if Bezos can deliver me one tomorrow. <laughs> they're, they're quite good on their. Uh, they're ASAP on their deliveries, isn't they? Yeah, maybe not quite that quick. Just finally, will you enjoy it, do you think, tomorrow? Well, if I can find a cue action from somewhere, <laughs> then, then I'm going to love it. But if I can't find a cue action, it's just going to be like more like in the fairway, chip out, see what you can do, you know? It's all about the cue action, mate. You know, um, everything comes, cue action first, and everything else is just a bonus. Well, even if you're not quite looking forward to it, we are. Well done tonight. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It's all about a cue action, Rob. So, oh, I didn't get that part. Um... 
But he said he's won the final. Yeah, he won the final easy. He must have, so that was the set after the semi final. Semi final, yeah. To be honest, his interview after the final is boring as hell. Yeah, it's very straight laced. I, I can't say I've put any thought into my cue action. What about? Well, you're a former top level junior golfer, right? What top level? Where do you just, get top level from? Just go with it. My lowest just, handicap I've ever had is a fifteen. Just go with it. Uh, is it is it about yeah. that perfect swing? Is it about challenging yourself to just find the slot, Rob? No. I, I don't, what the hell do I know? I, I, I tell you, I had a golf lesson once. <laughs> so this is how much of a moron I am. So when I did do junior golf, yeah. they had a, a pro that could do, for pro coaching, it was free for juniors to go and do after your round of golf uh, at midday or one o'clock on a Saturday or whatever. I never went oh. apart from one time. And the one time that I went to completely changed my whole everything. And I started, I got way better after that. <laughs> But I never went again. And you never went again. And what what he did was, this would be quite boring, but I'll do it quickly. Yeah. He taught me feel. So oh. he, I said I had a five or four iron out or something, and he winds up behind me, seems to hit a few balls, and goes, no, Rob, what are you trying to do when you're hitting the ball? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what, what are you thinking about? When, when you hit the ball, what are you, what are you trying to do? I was like, well, I don't know, just swing the club and hit it. I said, and then he just laughed. And he, he told me, he got, he got a seven iron out, and I did it just, he says, I just want to hit it, hit it eight, five meters with your, with your uh, seven iron, just chipping it kind of thing hmm. and I did, did that with my left hand and then did the same thing with my right hand and then he did okay now do it with both hands and now, now, just, now just keep slowly extending your swing out just softly softly and I was just just tapping the ball but slowly got a full swing and all of a sudden this thing is just going <laughs> <laughs> and just going a mile, going way further than I hit the thing all day with a club three clubs less wow and all of a sudden he said see you got feel now he, he taught me feel oh, he taught you feel feels crucial and uh, that, that sort of kept me at a, at a level which I never quite lost I think I can always go out and play reasonably well like not, not to disgrace myself Yeah, I might start off a bit rough but it'll come right eventually Mm. Yeah, I've sent a me- message to Ronnie see if he wants to come on the show. Yeah, because obviously he is a friend of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of disagree. Although that might be the difference between cricketers or sportsmen, probably like me, that are were one level below elite and the elite that play because one they're naturally gifted to you know they just go out and they try and improve themselves because mm-hmm. the greatest bit of coaching advice I ever got given is amateurs practice to get it right professionals practice so they don't get it wrong yeah but i feel a great kind of satisfaction in a say i'm batting about fighting away and defending and batting for a long time Mm -hmm. perhaps not scoring big runs but trying to make runs in difficult situations Mm -hmm. not quite when you're smashing it out the middle of the bat every time and just getting run you like a bit of graft like a bit of graft you like to fight for it you like a bit of rugby match a bit of a a bit of an 11-9 grudge match oh how good's that? Yeah. Like, you know, when you, you, you get bowled out for 86 and you've got them, you know, 70 for 8 and you think, oh, we could, you know, bowl yep. them out here for nothing and mm-hmm. create an unheard of win. And someone digs in. Yeah. Yep. I, I think there is there is an art to that grudging kind of grafting knock or grafting innings. I think there's, there's something to that. Well, I think what Ronnie was trying to do in that interview with his strategy was he's trying to create the most boring interviews of all time <laughs> so as that he doesn't have to do them anymore because he can't be asked. Well, and he's that sick of being interviewed yeah. that he's just thought, if I just repeat Q action, so many times it becomes annoying. They won't, they won't ever want to talk. And I'll just do that forever. It's a bit difficult in the last kind of rounds of the world 
World Championship because yeah. there's only four players left in the last three or four days, so they haven't really got too many other options to interview. Uh, well, maybe we'll get to the point where he he literally says nothing except Q action. So he just says Q action, well, he's Q got, action. He's Q gone action. through that phase before. I mean, we've covered him <laughs> on this. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I'm, I've got the uh, montage where he just yep. answered in one word answers. Mm. I like that South African rugby coach too, that guy. Oh. He's good. <laughs> yes. Oh, what was he called as well? Yes. Yeah, it's a good question. Actually, yes, I would think about that. Very good. Yeah. Good question. Yes. Should uh, should do a montage of uh, great interviews. Yeah. I think I've got one somewhere. Okay. There you go. Um, what what other news, apart from Grains and Snooker, are we getting to cover this week? Oh, look, I'll be completely honest. My weekend took a pretty poor turn after my effort on Friday night because I, I was just that bored. Yeah. I got just disgracefully drunk. Really? Like, just, just at home until, like, five in the morning. By yourself? Well, yeah, Tess had gone to bed, yeah. <laughs> so you just but, kicked Well, off. what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to party with? There's no one to party with. There's no one to it's party a stay, with. It's a stay-at-home one-man party with Rob. I watched that show, Entourage. You know that show? I've seen it. I've seen one episode. That was enough for me. You missed out because it's it's been a great renaissance. I haven't seen it in almost 10 years. Right. And it's fantastic. And I, and I have to be honest, it makes me feel young again. Ah. Oh, it takes you back. You should be watching Play School then. That'll make you feel Get, young. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would that'd be a good scene, wouldn't it? Some guy just sitting there at five in the morning getting wasted watching Play School. <laughs> yeah. Tess comes down and sees me drunk watching like... Barney. N- yeah. <laughs> yeah, well... Might raise a few eyebrows, I think. Beefy. One or two. Yeah. yeah. Great mm. suggestion, that one. And anyway, and then so I was just a bit very slow to move on Saturday. Attempt to do a slow-cooked brisket on the barbecue. And when I mean, mean say slow cooked, I mean twenty four hours. Oh, we start at nine or twenty three hours anyway. Or yeah, t- yeah nine nine p.m. on Saturday night went okay. on. It went overnight, yeah. and then it was no good. Oh no, it's dev- devastating. No good in terms of what? Like it got it, hard. It just kind of dried out on one yeah. side. Yeah. yeah, even though it's twenty four hours, you actually have to keep them moist. I think. Uh, yeah, we've figured out. We think what's going wrong because that's actually we've had several go wrong now. Oh right! I haven't got it right since Christmas Day. I did a miracle fluke brisket on Christmas Day on the Weber smoked mm. Weber kettle barbecue. Yeah, and it's just never. I never quite have well, got it right since. You're a Kiwi. You should be an expert in smoking. Why? What does that mean? Well, the Kiwis are famous for their smoking type of uh, no. setup. No, they're not. Aren't they? No, the Māori do the hungi, which is it's like rocks, these hot rocks, yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. they bury it and do it in the ground. Yeah, but I thought also... The it's, Kiwis, it's American style. The Kiwis were famous for their smoked fish. Uh, smoked trout, yeah, we used to do a bit of... Me and yeah. my mate would go catch a trout, smoke that on the side of the beach. It was all right. It was a lake that's lake fishing. Um, talking to Kiwis, Rob. Oh, oh that, is that what you're doing there? Jeez, okay. Yeah, I wonder why it didn't make any, I wonder why it didn't make any sense. <laughs> A New Zealand rugby coach went a bit uh, viral this weekend. Oh, right. I think I know where we're going here. Have you seen this? I have seen it. I've seen a a censored version. Yeah, Ben Cassidy is his name. He's got to be pretty dark. This has gotten out now, this coach. Yeah, I wondered that because it's obviously from a video. So From from someone inside the team. Yeah. So Mm. it's uh, an interesting one whether he knew there was a camera in the change room or whether just somebody... No way. He was pretty fired up, so he probably didn't care. Apparently, he's made a comment today was uh, he didn't quite realise how widespread this was going to get as quickly as it's done. Oh, right. Okay. But I'm not sure whether So he's... maybe he'd seen it and then thought, oh, yeah, chuck it out there and now it's gone mental. <laughs> uh, I think it's got out there. Now he's seen it. Because people are calling it the greatest coach's speech of all time. But what's in a sarcastic way? It, it's the worst. I mean, I mean, 
I so think you're right. Do you want to listen to it and then I'll comment? Okay. Or yeah, let's, let's, I, mean, I don't really have an in-depth analysis. It speaks for itself. So it does speak concerned. for itself. So yeah. uh, Ben Cassidy is this guy, and he's the assistant coach, forwards coach, sorry, of the Glenmark Cheviots uh, North Canterbury League. Okay. This is what I found on my place this morning. I hope, like, fuck, God, oh. some made this at my place. Got to apologise for that. I've, we've got an uncensored version by the, the looks there. I've got the uncensored version, so I do <laughs> do apologise for <laughs> that. Lucky it's a late night show here. Um, well, uh, the uh, censored version, of course, um, those would have been beeped. That took us a bit by surprise, I think. Yeah, because the version I downloaded... Uh, That's have... almost enough of a sample to get the gist, though, I think. <laughs> what I found... tell it's uh it's it's the local derby but but that for me if i was in that changing shed in that team yeah i would be less motivated after hearing that because i'll be sitting there going my word listen to this moron <laughs> this guy's in charge of everything how, how are we supposed to follow this he's on, just <laughs> the game's up on the video where yeah well on the video where you can kind of see some of the players there is one one of the players has got his head in his hands, and he's. I think he's trying to convince himself not to laugh. Okay. And there's a few others are like full on serious. Yeah. Obviously, rugby is a game for hard men, especially in New Zealand, where they're going to settle their battles on the field. Mm-hmm. So if you if you lost the battle before you go on the field, it's going to be a massive game, and you're probably going to get hurt. Sure. Um, I think what I find difficult is it to get so ang- so fired up. And then the fact is, you're just playing some country match on a weekend. I don't like that someone can rile themselves up into a state of sort of wild uh, insanity, really. Mm. It's a brief moment of psychosis as they run out with blazing red eyes, ready to just go mental and smash someone. It's adrenaline burst that lasts normally about two minutes, if that. I can uh, I can kind of understand. I think that's like the worst of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. That far? Yeah. Don't worry when about someone it. loses their mind like that. Don't worry about it. All of a sudden it. they lose all perspective and just turn into a rabid lunatic. 
pretty extreme. It's a, you know, it's not as if he's a, you know a Nazi or a full-on um, white supremacist. Well, okay, but I mean, but not it's this, no, no, no. But, but listen to this. It, maybe the actions that are carried out won't be the same. But the sort of manner and philosophy with which is driving this his utterances is is the same sort of wild insanity. When yeah. you see Hitler doing those speeches. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying about the content of no, which no. they're about. I'm talking seen... about the demeanour. Yes. Well, uh, he was preaching to the converted audience, though. I mean, Kess- largely, largely, uh, possibly the same as a rugby coach. Mm-hmm. That uh, I'm just going to put it in context. Apparently, whoever won this game was the Division One champion, as well as it being a local derby. Ka e i po oi. Does it start with K? Yes. Well, that's the T. He's talking about the K. Yeah, because the So sign- they won. So the speech didn't work. No, no, no. The, the speech did work. Oh, they did work. So work. the sign he found at his house on his front door was up the K, apparently. Okay. So uh, I don't know how close uh, Kai Poi uh, is to Glenmark Cheviot. Uh, I don't know if whether they're like literally next door to each other. Well, one was North Canary, wasn't it? So that's like Rangiruru. That's, Possibly. Uh, I think we drove through there on the way to... I would have driven through this area on the way to... Uh, where did we go again? The South End? Mur- Murchison? Oh, Murchison. Yeah. Oh, Murchison. We started from Christchurch and went north. We did. Brooke Retallick, Brody's brother, was uh, man of the match, apparently, for okay. Glenmark Cheviot. Good. It's not bad uh, bloodline for old bro- mm-hmm. Brooke. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, an embarrassing speech. When I, I just think about sports speeches, like, um, one I always think of is Any Given Sunday, Al Pacino does oh, one in that. Yeah. The, every sports movie has a changing room locker <laughs> speech. True, yeah. And there's very few that are, that really hit the mark. Mm. In fact, I, I don't think there is one. No. Um, I tell you what is a speech that does work for me, the Avatar one. That's a good one. Don't know. Never seen it. You've never seen Avatar? No. That's worth a look. <laughs> Why? Why is it worth a look? It's, well, it's one of the scenes as a, one of the great movies, I think. Is it? I mean, the story's not that newer story, but yeah. the setting and uh, the visuals is, was um, pretty landmark, beefy. One of the... Um, a bit more th- spectacular than the uh, replacements. <laughs> Why are we- well, I think there was a halftime speech in there, wasn't there? Or well, I don't doubt it. Um, Not memorable, though, was it? Is there no. one in Major League? It's got to oh, be. Oh, of course there is. Yeah. Especially in Major League One, where the owner's trying to uh, make the team lose. Mm. And so uh, the uh, the manager comes up and gets this the cardboard the cut out. Cut out. With yeah, the cardboard cutout. The old uh, peel off. So yes, every yes. win, they, they okay. peel off a bit of clothing. So oh, that was his yeah. halftime. Um, Long before the internet. Yeah. There mm. was a um, Fly on the Wall documentary in Britain years ago, like mid 80s. Mm. It was kind of the first one that was real life. And the manager was called John Sitton, I think. And one of the unbelievable half-time... Uh, I don't know if this is going to be censored, actually. Uh, I'll play it anyway. I think we'd case. be risking. I'm risking it because it's it's phenomenal, the half-time rant. And I'll tell you a little bit more after we hear this. I'll be coming back at me when I'm shouting at you above the crowd and above the next one. Because I'll run this fucking football club until I'm told otherwise by the fucking circus upstairs. If you come back at me, you'll be off the field and you'll be following Terry down the road. You come and see me and worry you've got a fortnight's notice. Because that performance is the straw that broke the camel's back. And that will be not, not be tolerated in this dressing room while I'm in charge with Chris Turner. That is the fucking straw that broke the camel's back. That is typical fucking late Norian. He actually sacks a person at half-time. Mm-hmm. He actually sacks somebody at right. half-time of a game. Well, see, what, what's more effective about that is his voice is calm. And, oh, yeah. and direct, he actually, which is in, of, often more scary. I think this John, John than, than that as well. farmer who couldn't talk properly. <laughs> this <laughs> farmer, this guy, after he lost his job at Lane Orient, 
I don't think he ever got another job mm. because obviously the TV had been following him for a couple of years mm-hmm. and it, they saw how he treated his players. It's his old school bullying mm. workplace harassment back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, couldn't get another job. In fact, it actually destroyed him, I believe. But uh, gosh. All right, we've talked more sport in this first 20 minutes than we have mm. for ages, Rob. Well, that's resourceful, beefy. Don't worry, I'll, I'll take it somewhere else later on. Coming up in about 12 days' time is Jeff Horn versus uh, Tim Zoo up there in Townsville. Mm-hmm. And friend of the show, Jamie Weech, uh, has got himself on the undercard. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be fighting a guy called Isaac Hardman. Yeah. Hardman, the head splitter, Rob. He's got the head splitter. And um, very interesting. Jamie's taking this at very, very late notice. Mm-hmm. And it's all to play for because uh, I just saw an interview in the week that Jamie's done with uh, Isaac Hardman. Got a bit lippy. Got a bit lippy to the young uh, young upstart from Brisbane. So I've got Jamie on the phone to give us an update. He's in the gym, actually. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to hear. Jamie, how the devil are you? Sweat. I mean, that's tough, boys. I'm not going to leave you. <laughs> as usual. Uh, yes, as usual. Every day in the life of the week. Yeah. So, are, you, are you training over in Queensland? Is that where are you, you moved over already? No. I come over Friday. Okay. I'm over Friday. I'm in a new gym, new sponsor. She's a fellow Welsh lady, oh. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, rejuvenation 24 okay. 7. Corner of Wanneroo Road and Ocean Reef. Any of you uh, Perth people are listening? Yeah, Wanneroo Road and Ocean Reef Road up there, uh, up the north, north end of Perth. The sticks. The sticks, yes. So yeah. you've taken you've taken this fight at pretty short notice. I know this uh, the head splitter Isaac Hardman. He's um, he yeah. basically claimed that people were ducking him. Yeah, he's probably ducking out the way them big ears are. That's all it is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, the old trophy himself. So he's oh. he's got a bit of a checkered history. He was a, a Mai Thai fighter. Then he moved into MMA, and now he's trying to take on boxing. Yeah, fair play. Don't need to fight him, man. I give him that. Um, full of confidence, which I love. He can bang, which I love even more. So uh, it's made to be a good fight. I can't wait. Um, obviously, you've been out of the ring for a while as well. Obviously, uh, you got yourself a bit of an elbow injury after the uh, Dennis Hogan fight. How, how's all that shaping up now? Yeah, it's good. I'm back. I had my second operation on it. Well, the first one was spurs. Then they took the spurs off. But must have left some foreign bodies in it, or they grew back and there was foreign bodies in it then, so yeah, I take them out and yeah, she's she's cranking now. Good. The old, get the old Muhammad Ali wind up sort of thing, is that what we're doing? <laughs> it is. It is the wind up. <laughs> Obviously, this guy's he's a mixed fighter. Obviously, he's, he's quite new to the boxing game. I think he's only had six or seven fights. There's not a lot of take to see of him unless you're into uh, MMA or uh, Mai Tai. Uh, how country? <laughs> yeah. How how are you going to combat this? Because he's obviously he's going to be a little bit different to what you fought before as well. Oh, definitely he is. Yeah, I'm probably more worried he's going to kick me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that thought's crossed my mind as well. I imagine if you're uh, if you're uh, a mixed fighter that all of a sudden the mindset comes in if you see an opening he just might, mm. might roundhouse you to uh, to the head street fighter style yeah i've had it before i've had it done to me before funny enough in sparring where uh, it was a funny funny situation the sparring i've caught him and i carried on and given it to him and then he's come out grip me and chucked a couple of knees into me <laughs> <laughs> but it was all fun and games and all fairness yeah it was just a bit of uh I guess the old fighter in him coming out, like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And obviously, sparring yourself, you, you've managed to get quite a few rounds in early doors because, like I said, you've been out of the ring for, what, nearly 19 months now. Yeah, I've been out a while, but I got good sparring. I had first off Wes, Wes Kappa and Key Rushton, brilliant sparring. And then we've gone on to Daniel Stewart then, um, vicious, he's a vicious man. A very vicious man. So he can box, he can bang, he can brawl. He's the full package. He's going to be some. So sparring like him, he got 10 kilos weight on top of me. Like I'm born to fight bigger blokes anyway. I, the only way I excel in this game, I think, is when I fight bigger blokes. I find it hard. It's not a lack of respect. I respect all the boys my weight, lighter boys, but I feel the bigger boys keep me weary because they can bang, you know, so that brings the better out in me. I did see an interview with Dennis Hogan when he came back to Australia after his world title fight and he actually paid credit to you for going 12 rounds but actually sharpening him up for that uh, the Mexican fight well he uh, got robbed me and you've had a conversation he got robbed in Mexico which is quite unbelievable oh I don't know about unbelievable it's probably believable like but that was bogus there that was for Dennis I feel so sorry for him but he's got a mentality of just rolling with the punches as the saying goes like you know he just gets back on his horse and he continues like he's crazy mindset on that bloke he's so positive like I've been talking to him a fair bit in the lead up to this like you know and he is a good man oh I want the punches head in he's a good bloke he is I give him that well I do recall before that fight you were getting quite lippy on the Instagram back and forth uh, before that have you thought of doing the same strategy this time around no I'm not into that I'm not I'm not fast witted enough uh, two days later I'll come with a comeback you know so <laughs> And the subject's changed 10 times since then, so I, I try to leave it as much as I can, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know what the weather's like in Perth at the minute, but uh, Townsville next week, or week after, I should say, is going to be about 22, 23 degrees, even though it's in the evening and it's outdoors. Is that, gonna, is that going to have an effect on the fight, do you reckon? Oh, it'll make me sweat a little bit more, no doubt, it's raining, yeah, it's great for ducks, you know, but... The weather don't bother me. I train in the summer here. It's 40s, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's going to bother me too much. I fight. That's all I want to do is fight. <laughs> I, fight. I fight him on the moon if I could, you know? I just want to fight. I was just going to say, I, I notice it... I mean, you've taken this on quite short notice, although you're, you're naturally fit anyway. Um, how did it come about? Because, uh, I mean, it, he was crying out for opponents, and uh, did you just get a phone call one day, or did you actually chase him? Uh, I, I was just being a bit lippy. I was on Instagram, man. <laughs> I talked myself into it somehow. <laughs> but I was sat on, I was sat eating a pack of biscuits, drinking a cup of tea, watching some TV, and I was just abusing, abused him on the Instagram man. And, uh, you just told me two seconds ago that you don't do the the talk on Instagram. That, I, that's exactly how you got the fight. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you only been knocked uh, out once? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, but I met, I messaged the matchmaker and just said, I'll, I'll come over and bash Hardman for you if you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he come, he come back with me and just said, that could work. And um, yeah, the rest is history. We find out what happens on August 26th. Yeah. And I it's, can't wait. I mean, it's a, it's on a great bill as well. I mean, look, there's been no real sport going on in Australia for the past three or four months anyway, so people have been crying out to see a bit of uh, boxing uh, because there's been very little worldwide. So this is going to be uh, a fight that's ge- going to generate huge interest, and I reckon there's more people interested in the main support than there is the Horn Zoo headliner. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I like the support I'm getting from absolutely random people. It's crazy. Knock this bitch out. Knock <laughs> him out. Knock, <laughs> shut him up. I'm like, I don't know these people from a bar soap. You know, it's class. Oh, great. That's very good. And uh, we've got to uh, got to make mention about the young family that you've got. How's that over there? Oh my God, she is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, she's class. Like everything I wanted. In a little boy, I got in a little girl. This class, she's brilliant. Like, I think that's the only thing I can. It keeps me going now these days. Is and my wife, obviously. But yeah. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Like, she's. I've never loved anything so much as I love that girl. Let me tell you, it's yeah. crazy. And has she got her own little little pair of gloves yet, or not? No. Well, she's got her boxing ring, but it's more like a jail to be honest. Here, but <laughs> <laughs> she's already into the knives in the in the in the kitchen. She's mm-hmm. trying to get in the drawers and all that. Okay. She's crazy, man. Such yeah. a happy kid. It's unbelievable. Are they? Is the family going up to Queensland with you? No, I'm going on my own. I'm okay. going on my own, son. Just the fact is. COVID. This quarantine on the way back is just a, a nightmare. Like, I can't take my coach either because of the, the quarantine aspect. Oh, you know, man, he's man. dying to come. He's dying, dying to come. But I just, I really don't want him to because obviously he got a three gyms to run. he got his family and mm. being locked away for two weeks. Yeah. Especially be, him being locked away with me in for two weeks <laughs> in the same room as me. Oh, we wouldn't <laughs> wish that on anyone. Mm. I'd, say, I'd say he jumped from the top floor. So you're going to go up by yourself. Who's going to look after you up there in Queensland then? I've got Steve Deller in my corner there now. So basically got uh, on the Steve there when they like, obviously decided he couldn't come. Yeah. Um, so we've got a um, old Steve in his hand there. Yeah. Okay. We can't thank him enough. Good bloke, Steve. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, I'd feel better with Justin in my corner, but I take my wife and daughter and give me water, you know, and just punch on. That's all I want to do is fight. Mm-hmm. So they might think a change of trainer in the corner is going to affect me but they don't know me they haven't got a clue what they're in for that's for sure so i'm excited <laughs> i haven't been as excited and nervous since i was about 18 mm. yeah this, this is a different type of fire i have in my belly good like okay. even compared to the hogan fight i know he was number one in the world but i guess i was overlooking him you know and thinking about the future too much this time i got one target and that is mr Ardon. i can't wait i mean I don't want to put words in your mouth or anything. I mean, I know yeah, there's other priorities for you in life generally nowadays with the with the, the new one. But in your terms of your boxing career, is this kind of make or break for you? Do you think in this fight? Hundred ten percent. If I can't beat Hardman, that's me done. Yeah, that's that's official. I've I've not hid it from anyone. I've needed a big fight to come back on. You know, I've been offered little fights, but it's just hard to get to bed for. You know. Yeah. So when I've tasted that little bit at the top there, you know, fighting top level boys on big shows. It had to go back, and yeah, I couldn't get out of bed for it, like, I really couldn't, and I don't love training enough to keep training all the time, you know, I'd have a little flutter here and there, but nothing major, my job's physical anyway, you know, but this is a type of show and a type of fight that gets me out of bed in the morning, you know. Yeah, there's one thing that you're always going to put on, and that is a show, because the Hogan fight was fight of the year in terms of Australian boxing, the Yo-Yo Ma fight was fight of the year, so you're in there, you're always banging, you're always going to put on a show, so uh, it'll be a shame uh, we'll just fall away out of the Australian public's eye, because uh, like you say, you've worked so hard for this, and uh, you really are a big card man. It's a make-or-break fight for me now, so 
I'm, I'm, trying, win. I'm trying not to put pressure on you, Jamie. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, my dad already told me he's put a thousand bucks on me, so that's enough pressure for anything, huh? Oh, God. Oh, no. Now I know you're in Dennis. trouble. I'll put you in my, in my multi, Jamie. I'll put him put in your multi. Yeah. Yeah. You do it. You do it. I want you to win big. Like you said, if I win, happy days. I'll open bigger doors, you know? You never know what's around the corner then. You win now on the big stage, anything could come, you know? So... Obviously, I'm going there to win. That's all I ever do is go to win. Yeah, exactly. So, Are we going to watch out for the left hook to the body? Is that the uh, the crunch one? Because uh, because he's an MMA fighter, I think the inside, and I know you're, you rip that left hook. Yeah, I'd say the left hook right hand is going to put the hard man to sleep. Predictions. Well, mate. Round seven. Oh, okay, Whoa. round seven. Okay, because it's only an eight rounder, isn't it? He hasn't. He's, he doesn't. He yeah. didn't want to go ten or twelve. Well, I, it, it was asked for six. It was six at the start, and then um, things changed. The, the different oh. opponents couldn't come to the fight and all this, so he's got moved to an eight, which is great. Suits me. Hopefully, it suits him. Well, hopefully, it don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we we hope it doesn't go that far, and we hope it only ends up in uh, in the one result that we want. So, uh, Jamie, we won't talk yeah. to you next week because obviously it's going to be the night before the show. But we will, depending on the result and how you're feeling and uh, everything else, we we uh, will talk to you after the fight. And fingers crossed, it will be very very positive. Thank you very much, boys. Go well, mate. Smash it. I'm gonna. All right, mate. Obviously, both me and Rob and everyone from 365 Days of Sport wishes you the best. And uh, the main thing is uh, we get the win. That's exactly right. Thank you very much, boys. Oh, the great Jamie Weech, Rob. Yeah. He doesn't lack confidence, does Jamie? But uh, <laughs> this, uh, this, this lad, Hardman, he is... Uh, He's got a lot of confidence about him. All mm. boxers do, don't get me wrong. I mean, no boxer's going to hey, come especially out. Especially young ones. Especially young ones, especially yeah. guys that have, I think his MMA career is 9-0. and oh, He's knocked out every single one, mm-hmm. or all bar one. Mm-hmm. His boxing career, I think he's seven. He might have had a draw. Seven, I, I think, or six from eight or something like that. Six uh, from seven or something like that. Six from seven with yeah, the other yeah. ones a draw. So he hasn't, he hasn't tasted defeat too much. Yeah. Uh, he was a, like a junior Mai Tai champion as well before he switched to MMA. So mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a bit of a winner. And like Jamie said, he is a banger. Mm. You know, I've seen a couple of his knockouts and uh, he can bang if the situation's right. I have to say, I mean, I did look up quite a few of his fights over the last couple of days. He is a bit of a one-punch man. And Jamie is such a come-forward fighter. Mm. That uh, might have a might steamroll him. Jamie's head is granite. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Hogan hit him with everything. And he still didn't go down. Yeah, I mean, he's a typical Welsh Valleys yeah. guy that doesn't <laughs> know. You know, if he gets hit, he, mm. it doesn't affect him. He just keeps coming forward. Mm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a cracking fight. I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah, where can we watch it? Uh, I, that's a good question. We'll check that out. It's a long time coming, and like you said, really, if he if he gets through this Australian boxing, I mean, it lacks some big fights generally. Mm. But you know, as soon as he if if he puts this guy away, I mean, mm. he'll be on those big cards, yeah, as main support anyway. Sure. So it will be very very good to see, and uh, he deserves it. Like I said, he's been out of the ring for nineteen months, so mm. um, yeah, he had a horrific elbow injury, he had one operation, he still didn't get it right, so he had to have a second. So that's why he's been out of the ring. It's uh, it's a tough ask. It really is boxing. A, it is a hard game. Yeah. Uh, you, you need your elbows for boxing. You generally mm. do. You generally do. Uh, a Russian powerlifter has fractured both his knees after an attempt to squat 400 kilos went horribly wrong. Did he drop the bar on him? Or no. Uh, they, Alec- they just exploded. Yeah. Alexander Sadiq. 
suffered the sickening injury at the World Raw Powerlifting Federation European Championships, where he was the defending champion. Attempting to squat lift the enormous 400 kilo weight, Sadek's knees buckled horribly as he cried out in anguish. Officials and medics rushed to his aid, and he was immediately transferred to hospital for surgery. Mm. He suffered fractures to both knees and required his quadricep muscles to be reattached. Ah. The Russian says he will now need to learn to walk again. I was going to do my Russian accent, but he's hurt. Yeah, and it's probably it's not really comical, is it? No, it's, it's not... a gruesome, horrendous injury. Yeah, you don't sort of put on an accent when you tell a story about a funeral, do you? Uh, no, no. The main thing is, <laughs> I'm joking. The main thing is, I must that I must lie motionless in bed for two months. Then I'll be taught how to walk again. It'll take time to recuperate. I've had my quadriceps re-sewn and my knees put back together. Mm. Now this is great journalism. This next bit, Sadiq's surgery re- reportedly took over six hours. Are you ready? He has not revealed whether or not he will continue his weightlifting career. Right. His well, knees exploded. Yeah. Look, I, I, I would sure. suggest that um, if you were attempting to lift that again, like you might have a bit of psychological trauma to get over. I don't think your knees... No. They, they don't weld them together anymore. I mean, they do sew them up with wire. Yeah. yeah. I think his doctors will be saying, now mm. look, um, what Alexander... Don't lift big weights again because your knees might explode and mm. you probably never walk again. Yeah, yeah. Come to me, not worth it. Um, <laughs> to you, to me, to everyone, yeah. Rob, including Alexander Sadiq, I mean, it's not worth it. Don't lift anything again. Yeah, you can coach because you were a European champion, but don't lift any heavy weights. Mm. I'm sure that's his plan. But uh, never, never write off a champion, BP. <laughs> never write. What a film this is going to be yeah. when Alexander Sadiq comes back to win Olympic gold in the... Pa- oh, no, it's not happening. Mm. Now, has there been any murmurings of someone getting the rights to the Tiger Woods movie? I think it, I read about it, and I think we talked about it on the show. Well, no, I talked about it before I it happened. I know you did. I had foreseen. I think when he won whichever tournament, the Masters or whatever he won, I mm. think I read somewhere that a film was going to be in the making... And um, I think they were going to get um, Daniel Craig to play him because he's so versatile. Okay, interesting. Um, interesting option. I thought he'd be more of a Steve Williams, Daniel Craig. <laughs> Who um, would play Tiger in the movie? Will Smith, probably. He right, plays. Will Smith probably, probably could do it. Whoa, off the top of my head... I can't remember his name. The guy from Green Book. I, I don't know why you're, why you're asking me. Anyway, no, but uh, I was going to say, oh, it's got a question. I wonder how graphic they'll be in a se- sexual deviant stage. Mm, they'll probably just gloss over that a little you, bit. You think they'll, they won't, they'll gloss over it. They won't it. gloss over it. They'll, they won't go in. They'll sort in. of show the meeting and then it will cut. Yeah, yeah. So. there sweet. won't be like long graphic scenes with circular <laughs> movements on the cameras. <laughs> Boogie Night style. <laughs> Yeah, I don't quite think it's happening. Who was the guy in Boogie Nights? What's he called? Mark Wahlberg. Not him. He's going to play... I'll tell you what, you can get away with a few things, but you definitely can't get away with that nowadays. No, the guy that opened... Who's going to play Tiger Woods? Some some guy who's completely white. No, the guy that opened the hi-fi shop. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the actor. He looks a bit like Tiger Woods now. Yeah, he'd have to change the haircut. He's also an Iron Man, that guy. Is he? Yeah. Oh, in, okay, I've never yeah. seen that either. His name has escaped me. His name has escaped us. Talking about Tiger Woods, the Seattle Seahawks wave rookie Kamar Sivarand for trying to sneak a female visitor into the team hotel. That was almost the worst, almost the most irrelevant segue of no, all time. it was the most irrelevant. I'm doing it deliberately well, now because you've picked me up on it. 
It's got nothing to do with Tiger Woods. It's yeah. not even... Although, Seattle is close. Talking about today's weather, um, what do you think about uh, the current uh, political climate in Portland, Oregon? If you want to know, because <laughs> Tiger is sponsored by Nike. Yeah. Nike is based in Eugene, Oregon, which isn't that far from Seattle. It, that's only it's, it's six degrees <laughs> of separation. You only needed two there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh... You know it's a great segue. We need to explain it <laughs> in steps. Yeah. I was just going to say anything. I really was. Don, <laughs> talking of Tiger Woods. Don Cheadle. Okay, so the guy snuck into the AFL. Is that what you're going with the guy at his NFL. girlfriend sneaking? Don Cheadle is the guy from Boogie Nights. It just came Ah, out. yep, yep. Um, the Seattle Seahawks have cut, terminated, rookie cornerbacks uh, Kamar Siverand early this week after he was caught on video trying to sneak a woman into the team's hotel. The circumstances of Siverand's release noted that the woman was wearing Seattle Seahawks gear in an attempt to disguise herself as as a player, Coach Pete Carroll's number one rule is to always protect the team. On Wednesday, he praised the Seahawks veteran leaders for sending the right message to the locker room about the need to be disciplined while preparing for a season amid the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. So he's lost his career yeah. because he's tried to bring a chick into the hotel. Not worth it, I think. I said, yes. That's definitely not worth not it. Not worth it. In yeah. fact, I think... In the AFL this week, it's happened as well. AFL or NRL? Yeah, it was the AFL. It was AFL. a guy from Sydney Swans. Sydney Swans. Over in the West Coast. And he's been suspended for the rest of the season, rest hasn't he? The rest of the season, yeah. Well, this ghost lost his career. Uh, apparently, the effort that he went to to try and sneak this girl in was, was actually quite impressive. Oh, okay. How, how Ocean's Eleven stealth-like it was. Right. Yeah, but uh, obviously not quite stealth enough. Well, old Kima here, he's dressed his missus up, or not necessarily his missus, his friend, up in Sydney. Seahawks gear trying to disguise her as a player. Yeah. If you've ever seen NFL players up close, big units. They're pretty big, mm. so uh, trying to sneak a, a girl in like that's not going to work, really, is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, husband discovers his wife's affair after spotting her in the act on Google Maps. Google Maps? Yeah. One of those honing device things, drop pin. No, no, no. What? He was He was scrolling through Google Maps and um, he's seen her. With what do you mean? You could not mean he's seen her. A husband. The maps aren't that. You mean there's a live satellite map? It might be Street View or something, not the map itself. A husband who recognised. But that's not live. Street View's not live. It's often taken some time ago. Well, weirdly enough, that is absolutely right, Rob. A husband who recognised his wife as she got cosy with another man on a bench on Google Maps later discovered she was having an affair after he confronted her over the image. Uh, apparently, the image was from way back in 2013. What a disaster. Imagine of all things getting snapped by the Google Maps car. <laughs> That's exactly That's right. so unlucky. Back like, in- she, she, she's already, she's gotten away with it. Like, she's oh, already going, yes, nailed it. Brilliant. Uh, I'm in the clear. Google Maps car, Google of all Maps things. Car. And this is even the stranger bit. It was on a pedestrianised bit of Lima, Peru. So she was on a side street, and he just happened there, just happened to point the camera down the side street. I can't even imagine that car driving around Peru from the things I've heard. I've never been to Lima, so I'm mm. not too sure. Uh, one man was left heartbroken when the Street View tool captured his wife with another man and exposed her affair. The images show a row of benches on a pedestrianised path in Lima, the capital city of Peru, and at one of the benches is a woman wearing a black top and white shirt with a man in a white jumper laid with his head in her lap. 
pretty interesting in uh, Peru. Mm. His face is obscured because of uh, Google's privacy uh, principle, but it wasn't enough to stop the woman's husband from recognizing her when he stumbled across the scene, spotting her familiar outfit as he explored the streets of Lima. Mm. The husband then reportedly confronted his wife over what he had seen, and she admitted the affair before the couple later divorced. It's not the first time someone has been left baffled by a finding on Google Maps after one eagle-eyed user was left in stitches when they came across a funny site. Unfortunately for one woman, it just so happened that the Google car drove down a road at the exact moment she took a fall while digging around in a wheelie bin. So that basically it must be a picture of like two legs sticking out a wheelie oh, bin Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. That would be quite comical. Quite comical. It's a sort of thing you might try and look to do. Well, to get claim to fame sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. Oh, it's, it's, see, this is a TikTok video coming up. Uh, Someone's going to do it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's quite that's an unbelievable story mm. to come out of uh, Peru there. Uh, news from Newton Cricket Club in the Derbyshire League. Uh, they're sending out a tweet. Congratulations to Johnny Mercer today for a batting hat trick. Batting hat trick? Batting hat trick. He was Three caught- sixes in a row. No, he was caught off a no ball. Oh, oh. He was then bowled off the free hit. Right. Then he actually got bowled next <laughs> ball. So I'm not sure whether... Who was, who was he playing for? Newton Cricket Club. Oh. I'm not quite sure what level Newton Cricket Club is. Uh, it's quite funny. They got That's asked, very poor, though. They got asked about how, you know, was it a good bowl or whatever? <laughs> and Newton Cricket Club responded then, no. The first was a beamer, the second was a full toss, <laughs> and the third one was actually straight. <laughs> So is that, a, is that a storm of Johnny Mercer? I love this one co- one comment from uh, Craig at Craig PC. See, as bad as I thought my day was, there's always someone else who's had it worse than you. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen at the end of the season they have a league cricket fails montage. Well, not league cricket, but it's about club cricket. Right, yeah. Oh, the village cricket. Village cricket, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, after, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a montage of some of the stupidest misfortunes oh. you've ever seen. The one that's hilarious is the filming from Square Leg that you would have seen, no doubt, where the oh. guy goes a big hoik and yeah. falls over and hits his own what, stumps what the bat. Can, that's from Ireland and because... The whole field is pissing themselves. <laughs> There's a brilliant one like as well where a guy hits it just out to point mm. and this old boy tries to field it, goes through his legs and he falls over. Yeah. And the guy running he, around... He picks it up and throws it. Smang runs it right in the date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is quite funny, yeah. I do love the old village. And I've played a lot of that village cricket, you know, yeah. when I was uh, playing around the uh, around the traps over in the UK, mm. and it's some of the stuff you see is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can't repeat it. It's just stories that you just would never think have happened. Yeah. I, I, I would like to have a bat again one day. I, I'm not sure I can bowl anymore. I'm going to get you down to play for my eight side team, I think, this year, Rob. You can oh. come and have a, have a little... Can I be like a casual player? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, okay. need, you just play week to week or, yep. you know, if you play one game a season, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're always short, generally. Okay. Um, I was going to say about, I got run out at the non-striker's end once when the guy I was batting with just lobbed it. It was a it was a full toss and he kind of drove it. It came off the splice, mm. went back to the bowler and it was an easy catch. Mm. But it went straight through his hands and hit the stumps. Yeah. And run me out <laughs> at the non-striker's end. It was like, you know, I was just standing there because I expected this guy to get caught. And he went straight through his hands and onto the stumps. And it was like, oh, my word. Yeah. I think that's, heavy. that's probably the worst way I've ever gone out. Already. Yeah. Uh, I think I might have hit my own stumps once. Oh, hit, oh hit. but no, nah, but that was when it was like you're a little kid and you don't uh, get like four yeah. overs batting yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. anyway. So yeah, I lost five runs or something. 
Right. No, and I'm... I hit it for four too, the ball. I smashed it through square leg and then followed through so hard I hit my thumb. I was just thinking about old Newton Cricket Club, Johnny Mercer. I think my first runs for Norfolk was an inside edge onto the stumps off a no ball. So that's how right. I got off the mark and uh, playing county cricket. Oh, that's a unique way. It was. Yeah. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Yes, it's that Are time of the week again. I am pumped. It is Sporting Gladiators time. So, but like, I got thrashed last week, didn't I? 4-1 yeah, or something? 4-1. A shaming. Shaming. I think you were maybe just, I was too nice and you were I too hard. Y- oh, I think you were too nice. Let's not go me being too hard. Uh, okay, well. All I haven't right. got last week's questions with me, so I can't tell you. All right, this is the weekly quiz where we ask each other quiz questions. And I asked Rob about New Zealand sport in general. And Rob is lucky dip with me. He likes to focus. See, maybe that's why it's getting harder because you're having to find more and more New Zealand sport. You're getting more and more obscure. So that's why I'm finding it harder. Whereas I just ask you any old thing. Obscure about what the sponsors of the New Zealand Rugby League team are? Yeah, that I haven't watched a test match in 12 years. (laughs) It started, in fact, they started the exact year that I moved to Melbourne. Unbelievable. And it was a company I never heard of. Oh, Pertec, they're huge in New Zealand. New Zealand's favourite sons, Rob. Get on with it. All right, question one. Here we go. Cricket for you. Yep. New Zealand's first one-day international win was against who? 1973, Rob, I'll give you the year because I'm kind. Uh, Australia. Pakistan. No, so there it is. How am I supposed to know that? One day day international. Their first win. I don't know, I can't remember us playing Pakistan. It's still seven years before I was born. All right. (laughs) Okay, this is actually an easy one to start with. What sport has been played on the moon? Oh, golf. Yeah. What is going on with you? Yeah, don't worry, that's the only one. All right. More one-day international New Zealand cricket mm-hmm. trivia, Rob. Yep. New Zealand had lost by 10 wickets in a one-dayer three times. Once to Pakistan, and the other two times to who? By 10 wickets. By 10 wickets. An absolute shellacking! Where their batsmen got all the runs. They for, were for zero wickets, yes. For no wickets. I should be able to think of one absolute shameful pasting. Two times by one team. West Indies. It is the West Indies. Yeah! I was going to say, I can't give you the year because it'll give it away. I, I reckon... Oh, oh so it's mid-80s, is it? Yeah. <laughs> or early 80s, even. 85, 86, it was. Well, that's when we had a, the same team went on to then beat Australia on home soil. So it must have been just before where they peaked that side. Ten wickets. I mean, it was over there and they just rolled us. Uh, I think once was in New Zealand, definitely. I okay. think you got bowled out for 66, so I think one time. Oh, that's very yeah. poor. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Here we go. In 1956, Melbourne was the official Olympic Games host. However, equestrian sports took place five months earlier in which European city who acted as a dual host? Okay, I don't know the city. It's Mm. Sweden, and I'm saying Stockholm. It is Stockholm. What is that? (laughs) You're talking to the beef man now. Uh, Okay, oh, cricket. One day international. Yeah. Which was the last Cricket World Cup where New Zealand did not reach the semi-finals? The semi-finals? Yep. Uh, Final, final... Oh, I think we got 11, we got knocked out by India, I think, so uh, 07. No, you got to the semi-final, 07 as well. Well, then it will be that quarter-final in 96. No, 03, you didn't get, you got knocked out in that Super 6 stage. 
Ah, oh, uh, in two thousand and three, I forgot the stupid format changes. Yeah, every time now, isn't it? I think at least they've now settled on a decent format. So unlucky. You better not get this one. Okay, two one. The Everest, uh, officially the richest horse race in Australia, is in its fourth year. The very same horse won the first two years of the Everest. Who named the horse? Winks. You know, you honestly don't know. No. Oh, that makes me very happy. <laughs> you can't keep firing. He won horse, two years in a row. Horse racing questions at me. Reds out. I don't follow horse racing at all. Well, you don't need it. It's like it's pretty much almost. It's going to be as big as the Melbourne Cup uh, in, the, in five years. One day. Yeah, that, that, that keeps me back in it. All right. Good. Surfing, Rob. Oh, come on. <laughs> Who is New Zealand's highest ever ranked surfer? He's probably big news in New Zealand. Oh, Maz Quinn. Yes! Big news yes! in New Zealand. How did I remember See? that name? That's the only surfer I know. What? Apart from Belinda Todd's wife. I was got I was I can't remember her name either. Not Belinda Todd. Brent Todd. Mark Brent, Todd? No, Brent Todd, <laughs> the Canberra Raiders rugby league oh, prop. Okay. Who also played for the New Zealand, of course. There's a new guy. His, he married a, a surfer. Uh, okay. There is a girl, actually, that's just come on the circuit. And there's a new uh, lad, Ricardo Patton or something. He's a... Okay. I think he's 33rd in the world or something. Anyway, have I, have I, they squared up with that? It's too old! Yes! Maz I'm Quinn. Oh, New Zealand for you now, Beefy. Oh. In, in, in the New Zealand Rugby Provincial Championship, MPC. Yep. What shield known as the Log of Wood is challenged for uh, a handful of times intermittently throughout the season, challenged for, and it's totally irrelevant to the season outcome? Oh, the Ranfurly Shield. That's correct. Okay, is it it's the Ranfurly Shield, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant work. The Log of Wood. All righty. I nearly gave you the sport. I nearly said it's this sport for you. Oh, Tony Wilding. New Zealand legend was world number one for a number of years before being killed in World War One. What sport did he play? Tony Wilding. Tony Wilding. He was world number one. Yeah, and the best in the world for a number of years. What would be back then? Our first Olympic medal was until Jack Lovelock in 30, 30, 1930, I think. I'm going to say he was a marathon runner. Oh, no. He was the best in the world at tennis. By masses. Won Wimbledon every year for like six or seven years. And he's a New Zealander. He's a Kiwi, yeah. So he's actually won Wimbledon. Four or five times. Six times, I think. And he was world number one for like six years running as well. Between 1909 and 1915. Well, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him until I started. He would be the only New Zealander to ever win a tennis major. Ever. And it probably wasn't a major back then as well. Might have been. I don't know. We'll we'll look him up. But Tony Warner, he's New Zealand's... Big white hope in terms of tennis. Oh, no, I'm in trouble now. So you got three. I've only got two. Oh, so I, I've lost. You've lost already. Oh, yeah. damn it. Oh, which, which Australian cricketer was recently unmasked as one of the masked <laughs> singers? <laughs> it was Michael Bevan, unbelievably. <laughs> I just saw it on the ad. just started laughing. They unmasked the poo first. Yeah, Mark Philippoussis followed poo. by... Well, I forgot last year Brett Lee was in there. Well, he is a He's, he's, he's at least renowned singer. for a <laughs> professional singer. <laughs> he's at a, a number one in India, Rob. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah, they've got great taste there. <laughs> um, <laughs> what other sports people... I don't think there's been too, too many other sports people on the uh, the old... What's it called? Mass Wendell Sailor. Oh, yeah, Wendell Sailor. Yeah. There was no history in singing whatsoever. Maybe that must be a thing. They're going to put two sports people on every year. But no females so far. Yeah. At least the mass singer is sexist. Yeah, it is. I think we should uh, start that. Uh, talking about singing. Yeah. 
Hey, we've had a massive spike in listeners, so you might want to explain the worst song in the world segment to our new listeners, Rob. How do you know we're going to have a massive spike in listeners? I do the podcast. Oh, right. Worst song in the world is quite simply a moment in time when sports and music has gotten together to create some kind of mutation. Sometimes it's a good mutation like the X-Men, and it has mystical powers, and it can take on things and do things good for humanity. But mostly, it's like that Magneto, and it just destroys the world. We like to explore the disasters, don't we, Beefy? We do, definitely, and this, and this week is no different, by okay, the way. Okay, there's all different types of disasters. There can be intentional ones, where they're trying to be idiots. There's ones where they're trying to be genuine, and they totally miss the mark. And there's ones where they don't really know what the hell they're doing, and it could go any which way. So um, that's what Worst Song in the World is. It's sports and music with very bad results i don't think we've covered this sport before right but this guy's called magic young and on his bio his hometown is hong kong but he does live in palo alto in california uh his about section says i make music and his biography says i speak cantonese to music are you expecting big things so far i like music and i speak cantonese to music yep that's his about and that's his so this song's going to be in cantonese no it's not in cantonese rob i wouldn't do that to you though i have done is it sung with a chinese accent Mm, hong kong accent possibly hong kong accent (laughs) cantonese Mm -hmm. uh yeah he's called magic young Mm -hmm. and he went to university at berkeley in california and this is his favorite sport okay Everybody, I'm awesome, cause I play badminton, yo, I'm awesome, it's my passion to follow, I'm awesome, went to Berkeley, passed all my classes, now I got me some nice product glasses, I'm awesome, cause I play badminton, yo, I'm awesome, it's my passion to follow, I'm awesome, went to Berkeley, passed all my classes, now I got me some nice product glasses, ahem. <clears throat> Let the story be told Long time ago When I was six years old I started playing badminton Not backgammon Not a card or video game Not matting No beer in hand It's not a backyard sport For all those who know We got indoor courts We got drills all sorts If you wanna get better Footwork, multi-shuttles Fitness matters Jump rope, beep test Be a runner Net spin, jump smash Bread and butter White tape, rollovers Bad habit My boy, 23 years He's still at it I took a break for nine years No playing, still a showstopper on the court <laughs> Just saying, I leave it to the chorus to say the rest Cause I'm just awesome like that, huh Everybody, I'm awesome Cause I play badminton, yo, I'm awesome It's my passion, I follow, I'm awesome Went to Berkeley, passed all my classes Now I got me some nice product glasses I'm awesome, cause I play badminton, yo, I'm awesome It's my passion, I follow, I'm awesome Went to Berkeley, passed all my classes Now I got me some nice product glasses <laughs> Well, I think the first product song he's got, he got wrong is that he's awesome <laughs> Um, really? It's confusing a little bit because, okay, he went to Berkeley and he claims that he passed everything. Yeah. You, you can't be an idiot. you got to be reasonably switched on to get through True. a school like Berkeley yeah. and pass everything. But what is sort of contrarian in nature automatically is that he's produced this piece of absolute crap. I'm just looking at but, his uh, musical influences, Rob, and uh, the Beatles, apparently. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can you tell? Bit of I, like, I, I have to be honest with you. I can't tell. Bit of I am the walrus. I can. In there. I can. Nah. 
No, no. There's just this main influence. I think is just a word, moron, Mor- moronic. I can't quite figure the tone out because if he's trying to be funny and take the piss, he's got it wrong. Yeah. Because I'm not sure that he is taking the piss. I, sh- I hear him saying I'm awesome, and that's a bit silly. But his choice of language is not convincing me that this is a, a comic piece. I think he's pretty serious, the fact that he's awesome at badminton. Or no, not necessarily awesome at badminton. I am awesome, but I play badminton. Has this taken off in any oh, which, which direction? Or? Massive. Yeah. Oh, huge. All the badminton What's fans. What's the lad's name again? Magic Young. Magic Young. Ah. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of confused. It's obviously rubbish. I mean, that goes without saying. Come on. There's a bit of ham and organ in there. I think he's trying to do that and take your money. All I want to do is psh, 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 <laughs> and take, but he's trying to sort of do that sort of vibe. Right. That's, okay. where I'm, that's what I'm getting from. Um, he does. From uh, uh, Magic Young. Do you want some of his other influences? Drake, J. Cole, Wiz Khalifa. Ah, yeah. Bruno Mars. Okay. Ma- Metallica. Okay. Bit of Metallica in yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's quite eclectic. Well, he's a, an interesting guy. I'm glad you brought him to our attention, Beefy. <laughs> yeah. I can't can't 100% hate it because I'm sure he's not entirely serious. He can't be serious and come up with that. If you say so. I mean, you don't go out as a sort of a hip-hop rapper saying how you're past Berkeley. That's not traditionally what's in line with with hip-hop culture. He was studying hip-hop studies at Berkeley to do that. In Berkeley, doing my law studies, y'all. You don't, you don't really. This doesn't really work. It's not talking about bitches and hoes and yo, yo, yo. We bring these songs to the attention of the world. Worst song in the world, sports related. Mm. That is to the T what we are trying to expose. Well, in terms of my level of hatred for it, that's that's the the sort of a a large one: hate versus love. So zero in the middle is is sort of apathy. A ten, a red ten, is is like hatred. Serena Williams, yeah. Lewis Hamilton. And then yep. a minus 10 is actually, the, the, uh, well, if it's a minus 10, so where would we be without, without AB, the Alan Porter tribute song? <laughs> that's yeah. a minus 10, because I love that so much, because it's so bad. And the Greyhound song? Uh, Grey, that's that's number that, one, well, the first Greyhound song. Both of them are both right, right at the end yeah. there, yeah. Fantastic. He's my dream, <laughs> my <laughs> racing machine. Anyway, so that's Magic Young. Thanks, Magic. <laughs> Thanks for uh, sending that in for the segment. <laughs> mm. uh, we'll uh, we'll copy him on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll and do- hey, Magic, you're not awesome. Not yet. Just anyway. keep. Just don't forget that you got that part of the song well wrong. He's got one point yeah. four thousand followers on Facebook. Okay, I don't know why. What are we doing wrong? Well, have we got about that? Yeah, we have actually. Funny enough. <laughs> All right. Um, I was going to do vegan news, and I forgot to uh, bring the bit of paper with me. Oh. Sorry about that. You haven't got... So can you remember off the top of your head? Nah. Oh, well, thanks for telling us what you're going to do. I know. I mean, we can all... Uh, that's really going to benefit everyone out there. <laughs> it yeah, was. Yeah. Doctors urge UK government to replace free school milk with vegan options. Okay. Is that good? Uh, well, the, the vegan options will be what? Uh, almond milk? Nut juice, yeah. Soy milk? Bean juice? Doctors are urging them to do that. Yeah. The, Why they, are they so urgent? Well, they say uh, dairy products are linked to increased res- risk of asthma, eczema, and even cancer. Mm. And milk, or dairy products, I should say, offer no health benefits. Come on. What about the old calcium? Is that all lies, is it? Um, uh, yeah. All lies. Ditch the no dairy. health. Is, are you on a vegan site right now? According to Plant-Based Health Professionals UK, yeah. there is no evidence that dairy promotes bone health and it is in fact linked to increased risk of asthma, eczema, and cancer. 
In addition, I reckon that's going to be utter rubbish. In addition, dairy excludes communities of colour from benefiting from free nutrition. More than 70% of people from BAME communities are lactose intolerant. So milk is racist. Is that what we've also got? So we've already had maths as racist. No, milk is racist. According to, yeah, maths. Um, milk is racist. De- mm. No, not milk, sorry. Dairy products, Rob. Dairy products, dairy sorry. Products. Across the board. My word. Well, that, well, that's a brilliant conclusion. Whoever, what moron Muppet has written that? Uh, Dr. Shireen Kazam, a consultant haematologist and founder of Plant Based Health Professionals UK, Rob. So, not in a proper doctor then? <laughs> I think she is a proper doctor. Uh, but dairy- no, but just a doctor of bollocks. That's, well, uh, that's a plant based, it's not real science. You're just making it up. Dairy should not be an essential part of school nutrition. It is a defunct food product that is not only unnecessary for health, but which also leads to environmental destruction with the world's 13 largest dairy companies producing the same greenhouse gas emissions as the entire UK, Rob. I'm not convinced by this. I'm not convinced one little bit by any of it. I'm sure there's some uh, evidence for some of these things somewhere, but we wouldn't be where we, where we are I agree. at this point in time. I agree the fact. I didn't know schools in the UK were giving free milk aid again. Thatcher killed all that off a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, if, if people are lactose intolerant, you can't give them dairy. Otherwise, they'll be farting till the cows come home. Pardon the pun. Anyway, uh, so th- you need to offer. How have they concluded that 70% of black kids are, uh, are lactose intolerant? That's very high. 70%. Yeah, I, I've never seen that stat Considering before. that kids are raised on breast milk. Yeah, and... Cow, All of us. Cows are raised on cow milk. Uh, dogs are raised on dog milk. Uh, pigs are raised on pig milk. Nipples, but, but, Rob. But, but, my, but my point is... my point That's not the point I was making, Beefy. No, well, I'm saying... There's going to be a reasonably similar texture, textural makeup between human breast milk and cow milk, I would, I would think. Yeah. At a glance, they both look creamy and white. Yeah, but what I'm saying is with animals, and we are an animal, humans, homo sapiens, yeah. are animals, and we drink breast milk mm. because it promotes growth. It's from, you know, the mother's milk and all that. That's right. Look, if you're lactose intolerant, then there is an issue. Obviously. I think they're suggesting that babies should be straight on nut juice. I agree with you in this instance because uh, what's her little organisation called? The Plant Based Health Professionals UK. Mm. Yeah, nut juice. It's not. It's not uh, a good are thing. They, are they, so at what point? So when do you stop breastfeeding? When you, what you probably one and a half? One depends. Depends on what mum wants to do. Exactly. I have seen some strange cases of like six year olds still going at it. Uh, that's uh, that's getting very weird to me. That, yeah, six definitely. <laughs> Three is weird. I mean, I, look. They say the longer you can um, you can breastfeed, the better it is for the baby. But is that what they say? That's what they, they also say, they right? also say that seventy percent of black kids are lactose intolerant. Yeah. So I think they're probably both bollocks. There's a bit of uh, scope in the like stretching the truth. There, I think this bit. doctor's a racist. Shireen Kazam. Mm. Well, you never know. We'll have to get her on. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rob. I hate to ask the question because I know there's so much going on in Melbourne right now. What you got coming up, Rob? (laughs) Um, Well, I'm not going to do what I did last Friday night, that's for sure. Get hammered by yourself. Uh, Well, it's going to be by myself if I do it. 
Yeah. I can't have anyone over. You can't go visit anyone. You could stop drinking, but then what are you going to do? Why? Precisely. What about this plan for the Korea KFC, Korean fried chicken? You're really keen on that idea, aren't you? I need to know, Rob. But, what, but know. what's my report going to be afterwards, honestly? What's gonna, am I just going to say, oh, it was the, so good. I want to know you should difference. have seen me just sitting there on the couch eating the chicken. By myself. By, by, drinking beers by myself. pieces of chicken. 17 pieces. You, sh- you just should have seen it. It was a sight. I want to know the difference between Korean fried chicken and Kentucky fried chicken for a start. That's well, the one well, thing. Well, you could just look that up online. Oh, it's but, all a recipe. Uh, what sports? Go- oh, did you see? Did you see the MotoGP on the weekend? No. Valentino Rossi. Unbelievable. Mm. So coming out of one bend, two bikes touch, right? So they both fall over. Yep. The bikes go down the grass alongside the straight. Valentino Rossi is following another guy. One bike flies through the gap between Valentino Rossi and the guy in front of him. Mm. And an, as he misses the first bike, obviously he's moved forward 20 mm. yards, mm. one bike flies past his head, literally misses him by a meter. Mm. So two bikes nearly killed him. Gosh. Like, the crash happened at 200 miles an hour oh. as well. Oh, my word. It was phenomenal. How, phenomenal. how did the riders finish up when they crashed? They just uh, slid on the grass? Yeah, they slid along the grass. One guy guy got a little bit hurt i don't yeah. think it's too serious there was a crash in the support race moto 2 didn't he win when we we're in austin that bloke rossi valentino uh, rossi i think he did no he he crashed early ah. mark marquez won in austin when we were there mm. it was a crash in moto 2 in this in the same part of the track where guy fell off on the corner and the bike was in the middle of the track and one bike just plowed straight into it mm. now he took off because he's doing 200 mile an hour when he hit the bike he has launched himself down the straight and he got a little bit more seriously hurt. He's okay, apparently. But, oh, my word. That was just crazy. Not for me, Beefy. Not no, for me. it is mad. Uh, well, we've got to thank Jack Link's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. It is fantastic for these weekends we're at home because mm-hmm. you just put a bit of beef jerky in your mouth and it just lasts for so long. And it tastes so good, Rob. Yeah. Do you know what as well? It's the food of astronauts, Rob. NASA give Jack links to the astronauts to take to the International Space Station. I did know that, Beefy. You should know that, yeah, Rob. I've heard it a few times. You should have. So we've got to thank Jack Links, the best beef jerky on the planet. This is, what, number 164, great finishing darts. Treble 20, treble 18, bull, if you want to know your darts, finishes mm-hmm. on 164. And I can tell you now, I've done that one before. I don't doubt it, Beef. 164, it's a great finish. So this has been... Uh, Episode 164 of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, it's 365 Days of Sport. Good night. We'll see you next week.